What's up, people? Welcome to a brother at Mayros the podcast. Me, Adam Hunter, here with Greg Romero Wilson, waiting for Sean to come. They said they'll be here in a couple seconds. Uh, so, I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're having a good week. Greg, how was uh, Flagstaff? It was awesome. It actually turned out great. Uh, went up there, did the did two great shows. I mean, the second show. First show was good, but then there, I did some pretty edgy material at the end. They were kind of pussies about it. And then, uh, but they still loved it. It all went great. But then the second show, I just improvised for 45 minutes. It, and it was just wild. I'll post that on my YouTube uh, later this week for sure. It was a uh, it was just a wild show. It was fun. I just it was just all crowd work. So and then the next day did my crowd work workshop. That went great. And uh, then just came back to LA. So that was it. How was your? You sound like you're a little under the weather. How are you feeling? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I just I took a nap. I took my kids to school because because Bree works at like six in the morning on Tuesday and Thursday. So I got to take her to school early and get her ready and everything. And then I went back and took a nap before the podcast then i fucking woke up like oh shit like it was the nap went way longer than i thought it was gonna be yeah know? Know. that's how i it just happened to me i was like oh i got 15 minutes of podcast i'll catch a quick shower and then i'm like oh fuck the podcast and i got a shower it's 11 59 i'm like fuck, fuck. yeah, yeah. So, totally get it that's exactly what happened uh but it was good i, I did it arizona jp's comedy club they're gonna love you fun room it only, it only holds about 110 120 people what like Sometimes that can, that's, that's my perfect. that's my level. That's that's what I like. You know, that's but, what I'm not gonna. I can sell that out. But but it's perfect. They uh, Arizona is like a fun. I don't know. It's just a fun group of people. They're, they're kind of conservative, but they're like they're like conservative liberals in some ways. Like, like they're just like they don't. It's just a, it's a, it's a it's a crazy. I don't know. Maybe the heat or something gets people like like Arizona and Vegas are two places I always do well in and uh, and Florida. Uh, yeah. Like like like. But that, that was cool. It was just, it was hard because like, um, well, first of all, I, on fr- on Thursday, I went to, so I drove me and Violet to the to the show. So I drove six hours to the show. I had David Michelle's wife watch Violet during the show because Brie was going to come and fly us out there. So she, Emmy, Emmy, her many horses, that, that's her name. And she's like the best. She's the best. You know, they're, they're Native American. Um, and um, so that was cool. But then I had to pick up Brie from the airport. And then of course, while I'm driving, I get a, a nine page audition where I know the executive producer of the show. So he like requested me. Um, That's good. Yeah. But it's due tomorrow. Oh, so it was one of those things I had to then um, like, okay. So then I pick up Brie and I promised her that like, we would just f- would focus on her this weekend. It would be fun. I'm not going to no work just comedy wise. And that, so then it was like, I picked her up. Then I had my friend come in. Uh, or like Zoom the audition. I'm in like the the weight room of the hotel, uh, you know, and I'm building right because there's like a blank wall that you can actually shoot against or something. It's one o'clock in the morning, and oh and, my god, and it's due at ten at ten a.m. on Friday. Oh and it's shit! Nine pages. So I'm making this like makeshift, you know, dumbbell off the this off like the sanitizer as like a tripod. And then I have another one so my friend can zoom me, you know, and then I yeah. finally get it like three hours later. And then for some reason, when I'm watching it back, it's all blurry. And I'm like, oh, like, no. like cause the way that the, 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 the way the camera was on the whatever, because the tripod, my camera doesn't work on a tripod and like the back of it screwed up. Anyway, so now I'm like three in the morning. I'm like Googling, how do I unblurry a video? Right. So. I'm like, fuck, God. So now I'm waking my wife up saying fuck every six minutes because I'm trying, I'm downloading all kinds of programs. None of them are working. So then I'm just like, okay. So then I do it again with my acting coach, eight o'clock in the morning to, cause it's due by 10. And then I, then I killed it. Like I'm, I'm super happy that I had practiced for three hours the night before, but 
I was just like, oh, God. So that was that. Um, but last time my wife got me back or two nights ago because we're watching Cobra Kai, you know, we're having a great night. And then we turn it off and she starts getting me like hard, you know, and then she, she gets give me like a, about to give me a BJ playing a bit. And she goes, let's let's talk about our hopes and dreams. Like right before she's about to give me a blowjob. I'm like, all right, well, I hope you blow me and then I'll dream about it. <laughs> you know, it was just one of those, you know, my wife's super funny. Um, but yeah, so that was that. And then we went to build a bear. My, my, my daughter has this new thing now. I don't know, Sean, you ever have this thing? Uh, where she wants something, she cries. I want a bear, I want a bear. You know, so okay, you know, I'll get you a bear, but you have to play with it, and you know, you have to be good, and you know, the whole thing, right? And I kind of was like, hey, you want a bear? I want that bear. I want a dress. Yeah, so you know, and then at build the bear, they give you like a, a bear certificate and the whole thing, and like you know, it starts off, and then like thirty minutes, I'm at home. I don't want anymore. Well, I can't. What? She starts crying. I don't want it anymore. C crying. That's that she's crying that she doesn't want it, which I guess none of my daughter knows how marriage is. You know, like you want something and then you get married. You're like, I don't want it. But but it's just I'm just like, OK, so so now we're not we're not you know, this is not how we do things. This is not Don, did you ever have that? I mean, uh, uh, Sean, where you get something and your kid doesn't want it anymore. So it's crying about it. Yeah, I would give it away right in front of them and tell them they'll never have another one. That's exactly like it. Uh, like my kids, my kids didn't. Uh, they didn't mess up very often, man. I only had to spend them twice ever because I made it count when I did it, you know. So, like, uh, if my kids said they didn't want something after I got for them, I'd be like, "That's okay." And then I would give it away to another kid, and then there would be no getting anything else for a month, you know. Like, and then they would think before they spoke next time. So, but when they were four years old, yeah, I spanked my kids when they were two. Um. Like I like if my kids the first time they told me no both of them they were two and a half they told me no when I told them to do something and I swatted their butts man like probably four or five times hard and they never said no again they did whatever I said after that uh, like I broke I broke them early on it you know like not hard enough to leave marks or bruise them but enough to where they were afraid to get spanked from that point on you know so it's uh, yeah I didn't uh, I don't know I wasn't like a Nazi dad well I was a Nazi and also a father but I wasn't a Nazi dad no, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I, uh, yeah, but I, I didn't uh, like, I, I didn't tolerate back talk. I didn't tolerate no. My kids did what I said the first time I told them to do it. And it actually saved my son's life. Uh, my son's birthday party when he was five, he was chasing after a ball in our front yard. Somebody kicked it and it was going out in the street and someone was driving 70 down a street. Oh, they should be driving 20 down. And I yelled at my son to stop and he stopped. I mean, on a dime, he stopped. Uh, like stopped running like immediately. And if he hadn't, he'd got ran over by a car, you know, like he'd got hit. So my kids, uh, I always made my kids obey me the first time I said something and there was no discussion. Like the very first time I said anything. Uh, uh, Don, did you ever have that? Like with your kid, like since they want something and then you get it for them, then all of a sudden they don't want it. She, it's just a new thing now. Or Oh, I never had that problem. My kids, um, their mother was really stingy. And uh, wasn't spending any money on them. So when they got something, they really appreciated it. You know, <laughs> they, they, they loved it. And uh, I, I'd spoil the hell out of them. You know, I'd come back from Japan with a bunch of Japanese Barbie dolls and, and Hello Kitty toys and things like that. Nice. And I always brought them gifts. Did you ever spend when, um, when I traveled to uh, across the states here um, to do appearances and things. I would buy him a, a, a cow or a pig, you know, and, uh, you know, and I came home one day, I guess, honey, guess what I got you? She says, you got me a cow and you got Cassie a pig. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, like, yeah, I got you two pictures of your mom. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, play toys. So, exactly. So Violet loves selling shirts after after shows, Greg. Like I, I sell merchandise. Right. So, um, you know, and then like I sell. Listen, if that doesn't increase your sales, oh. I can't help you. That should triple your sales to have Violet. I, I sell like shirt. five times as more, you know, and I, uh, I, it, it makes perfect sense. I'll, I'll be on stage. I'm like, my daughter selling T-shirts. If you don't buy it, she can't eat. You know, like, you know. so one of those. So, so anyway, so there's like a. If so, you don't so, buy it, she can't throw away her $80 Build-A-Bear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and by the way don't give me a, a people watching the show especially one person stop i know you mean well but i don't need you to tell me how much i'm spoiling my kid and write me a 45 page email about what i'm doing wrong after you listen to this podcast i i, I appreciate it but but thank you but i i you know mind your own business 
Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, um, exactly. It's like, you know, as much as, you know, we may all have commentaries about someone else's parenting style, but unless it's your kid, you don't know. You don't know. Go right. fuck yourself. Yeah, you okay. don't have a little you bastard axe when you're not there. Exactly. There's, there's a lot of context me. that goes into parenting. That yeah. moment is never the moment you just tuned in. It didn't start right there, okay? This show's been going for six years. Right. These motherfuckers all want to judge, and it's like, no, 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 no. You judge your shit, okay? I'll take care of my shit. So my Absolutely. daughter sells t-shirts, right? So, so we sold like five off the bat, but it was the night, the first night they have an open mic there, so half the crowd's like comics. They're not going to buy anything, right? So it was open mic after the show, you know, like which they're actually, you could tell they're new comics because they were all laughing and having a good time. <laughs> <They were> like, <laughs> so, um, exactly, wait six months, guys. You guys will hate each other and you won't laugh for shit. So or I'm outside with my daughter and we sold like, like seven t-shirts, right? And she's like, I want to sell 10. I can tell, I didn't want to sell 10. There's no one else coming out. So I'm like, all right. Well, that's how you know she's half Jewish. Right. So, so I went and gave people money <laughs> to buy t-shirts. <laughs> and, and then they gave me the, you know, the money back. How many of them you? I was going to say, how many of them took off with the fucking money? I would have been like, you got it. Boom. So I like rigged the game, basically. So now we sold 10, but like, we really only sold seven. But people were coming up, oh, I'll buy one. Blah, blah. And then I have to go to the corner and give them, you know, do the exchange back. It's like, yeah, a, bad, yeah, yeah. It's like a bad drug deal. Um, anyway, so that was that. And then I started coaching wrestling, by the way. So I got this kid, Sean Don, on my team who's like, you know, five, three, like 180, like little chubby kid, really sweet kid. He loves wrestling. He wears like Rey Mysterio shirts and stuff. He's really, but it, he, he he needs to lose some weight. You know, he's five, three, but you can't tell a kid anymore. Hey, you, you got you, you to lose weight or hey, you're, you're overweight or you have to be super careful how you say I that. Can't you. Why? That's what I'm thinking. You can't be like, hey, you need to drop some weight. I mean, Why? Uh, it's sports. He didn't have a coach. He's in seventh grade. Uh, you guys, we got to coach. Seventh you know, like grade. Seventh grade, seventh grade is when your balls drop. You know, you Thank should be able you. to take, take a little fucking criticism. And that's not criticism. That's not even it's criticism. Not. It's telling advice. them you want to do the sport, drop some fucking weight. You don't want to do the sport. You can be fat all you want, not on the team. You well, know? everyone makes a team, but die. Yeah, you want me a short fat? Maxine, you'll be a comic. Fuck. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. That's exactly where I was going with that. I was like, I was like, they didn't want me on the team. I wanted to be fat. And by the way, Don, your your balls probably drop when you were three. So let's uh, let's let's be honest. Seventh grade. I think the balls were born first, and then he came out and just attached to it. So I tell the kid, I'm like, hey, you know, uh, are you on any kind of weight or strength or conditioning programs? Like, I'm trying to get around it to get. And he's like, he goes, I have ADHD. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, that's great. <laughs> like what what kind of program was that like um uh yeah so uh, then and then another, another kid was like i need to get stronger i go do steroids i was kidding the kid heard me though but um, so you'll no, say but... that <laughs> <laughs> hey hey kid do some steroids but i won't tell you that you're fat but i won't well, tell you if he has adhd he can probably get on like uh adderall which would like would help him lose weight, so that would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was obviously joking. Oh. Uh, so yeah, so that was that a was a little kitty coke. You know they call that's how, when it's cocaine with a K. That's how you know you got the good stuff. So Meanwhile, so last year they they, they told me like I told them like guys I can't coach anymore. I drive an hour to get there, you know, and it's an hour. Right. I, I, I get paid virtually almost nothing. I just do it for the you know I love the sport, trying to help change the world. Yeah, There's three miles from your house. It's a lot. It's 11 miles, 12 miles. Which in LA, that 11 miles takes forever to cross in LA. Yeah. I'm going to host to Brentwood, right? Yeah. Uh, twice a week, just trying to like, and, and my wife's like, what do we, you know, why do you keep doing this? And, you know, I tell her about wrestling and how great it is. It's like the purity and how spiritual, but at the same time. Do you tell her how you were the eighth grade champ three times? <laughs> yes, I did tell her. Okay, that. good, good, good. Four-time New England champ. Four-time right. eighth grade champ. Got never it. been done before. Well, I was the third person to ever do it. Anyway, so here's the deal. So they, <laughs> they told me, I go, listen, I can't coach because also my daughter, I got to pick her up from school. And they're like, listen, we will, we want you to coach doing it 15 years. You, you know, like we'll have kids watch your daughter during practice and they'll get points for like community service, right? 
uh, for the school. Um, <laughs> That's what you want. You want your daughter's community service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want someone yeah, those, for community service. Yeah, yeah, those are always the top notch kids too. There's yeah. never, so, there's never any, uh, loose no, so wheels they, in there. So they, they gave her this little girl last year who her, she was amazing. The sweetest girl. She, you could just tell like Violet had so much fun with her, but she was like telling me, right. She took off her shirt, her, her shirt one day, like she got a little black girl. She's got, fuck, she's jacked. Right. I'm like, do you do any sports? She's like, Oh, I, 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 I used to box with my, my and my 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 cousin was a was a pro athlete. I'm like, you ever think about wrestling? She's like, well, I, I kind of you know I find it very interesting. You know, I like I would love to learn. So I'm like, you got to join a team. She, she joined a team yesterday. She beat up the entire team. <laughs> nice, <laughs> like, nice. This girl, this girl might be the next fucking Jordan Burroughs, a female. I mean, first day just threw everyone. This started off with my daughter's babysitter, but now I'm pissed because. I need a new babysitter for my kid. And I'm like, oh man, I just, you know, cause she's a good babysitter, but with another girl who's actually really well, you good. You have the short fat kid be the babysitter and let the babysitter be the- <laughs> I was gonna say, that was the day the short fat kid decided to become a comedian. As long as he doesn't teach her how to eat, you know, sorry. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, here, here's the motivation for the guys that lose and have to wrestle off against a girl. If they lose, they have to be the babysitter for the day. <laughs> there it is. I'm not there letting these boys near my kid. Uh, yeah, know, that's true. But, so, but there's another kid named uh, named this kid's like Jewish, right? Uh, and uh, I think he he did like Krav Maga. That makes him okay. No, he, I'm just, I you're racist. Him. You're no, racist. Judy is not a race, but okay. So here's the deal. So uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where um, the kid did kind of Krav Maga. So he he gets a takedown, right? And he goes like this, and like like he's ready to throw a punch. In the middle of wrestling practice, like he got, he has a neon belly. He's ready to do ground and pound, and I had to Ooh. like I, I had to like tackle this. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I, think, wrestling. I think it's surprising Adam was um, shocked that a Jew would go too far in retaliating. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, <laughs> there's no precedent for that any time in world history. <laughs> the other kids are throwing rocks at him, so I, I don't know. Maybe it was a uh, yeah. So there, here we are. Uh, let's talk about the fights do you guys watch the fights yes uh no sean i didn't, I didn't know there were fights <laughs> great uh, is, well uh, there weren't fights so much as a uh, first aid video uh with many demonstrations on how to handle a giant gash on different people yeah so basically uh well one of the fights i was looking forward to was sarah mcmahon aspen lad aspen lad missed weight again this is like the third or fourth time she missed weight um, you should fire her ass, right? I mean, it's just you she's know, no value. She either needs to move up or she's of no value to the company. Sorry, yeah, I, I, I agree. And then, what, what happens with the other girl, Sean? When someone misses weight, do they get paid or what? Uh, if I guess you get your show money, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, if you're if your opponent, if you fight your opponent, you get 20 or 30 percent of their purse. If you fight him, if you don't, I think you only get your show money. Seems to me like you should get your win money, too, because why should you only get half your money? Because the other person didn't make the weight. It doesn't make doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, the, the UFC really is pinching pennies because from what I've heard, they're in financial trouble. You know, like they're not they're not making hundreds of millions of dollars every quarter. So, you know, they can barely afford to, uh, you know, pay their fighters. So. Really? And only make one hundred million dollars a quarter. Yeah, I, was, I was being sarcastic. No, the UFC's uh, doing record. <laughs> they're doing record profits every every quarter. It's like, oh, we made another seven billion dollars this year or this month. You know what I mean? But they uh, the 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 fighter pay seems to stay the same. It's strange. Well, right. the main event was Corey Sanhagen versus Song Yedong. Um, It was actually a really good fight while it lasted. Uh, what happened was in the <laughs> Song Yedong won the first. I thought he won the first and the second. Some people thought he lost the second. Sanhagen kind of figured him out in the third. And the fourth, Sanhagen just started coming in with elbows, like literally just throwing elbows, cut him up right above his eye. And then his gas just blew up and they stopped it going to the fifth. And they gave the fight to Sanhagen before the fifth round started, um, which. Yeah, but that cut started in like the second round. Yeah, yeah, started the second round. But yeah, it, like, it was by a strike, though. Yeah, it no, it was by it. He was coming in, caught him with the elbow, but that was for, and it just got bigger and big, and everyone was calling for them to stop it except the doctor. <laughs> All the commentators are like, oh, yeah, this is over. And he's like, eh, just 
keep an eye on it. Yeah, so, I, I, I don't. They, and then the commentators couldn't believe it. They're like, "Wow, this doctor uh, really likes a good fight." Uh, that's yeah. a shocker. He's allowing this to continue. But I thought it was a pretty good fight. I mean, I, I think if that cut hadn't happened, I almost think Sangadang would have won. Uh, Corey Sandhagen, they're both really good guys. It seems like there was no shit talking. They're like it has nothing to do with martial arts. And uh, but Sandhagen was aiming for the eye, which he should have at that point. But I almost in some ways think Sanhagen's like too nice of a fighter. Like he doesn't seem to have that like straight killer instinct that other like that other guys have. I don't know. It's just uh, he's, he's a good fighter. He won the fight, but it was, it was weird. It was a weird fight. It was a weird so fight. What you're saying is he'll probably never win via terror. Terrorizing the opponent. Uh, Greg, who do you think was winning the fight? Well, I mean, Sadal, I mean, you know who analyzed it perfectly was Din Thomas. Because he was saying Song Yudong came out there and was dominating him in the first, and he realized I'm I don't have the strength advantage here. I gotta beat him with, with I gotta I gotta damage him. And he went to the elbows and he cut his fucking face open, and that was his best defense, and it worked like a charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a good fight. The fight, the next, the other fight was was good. Was the Chitty Bang fight? Chitty and Jikawani. Yeah. Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, he fought this guy. What was the, the guy's last name? Greg? Rodriguez. Rodriguez. So Chitty Bang came out and just hit him with a knee that was like a perfect knee. And a lot of doctors, a lot of refs would have stopped the fight. It was just like, and but this guy is like, I guess his nickname is Robocop because he came back and won the second, won the fight via stoppage. But it was straight up like Rocky style. Like Chitty Bang beat the shit out of him. The guy was cut in his head. His head was a massive squirt. cut across the brow. Right Squirting there. blood. And uh, he, didn't, he didn't stop, though. <laughs> he came back and won. It was a, if there's one fight to watch, I'll watch that fight. Anything you want to say? It's about natural that, that when a guy reminds you of Rocky, you nickname him Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking he was like Terminator. I mean, he, uh, no matter how much damage he took, he just kept coming. It was a remarkable fight, but he also didn't get the feeling that Rodriguez, like, he could do it again. Like, it seemed like, you know what I mean? Like, you weren't going, oh, my God, watch out for this guy in the future. You're just like, wow, what the fuck just happened? So, yeah. I mean, it, he gutted it out, and he put it all on the line. But against a better fighter, I don't know that that's going to work. I don't know. I mean, he, he ran through Julian Marquez, who's a good fighter. Uh, this dude's one to watch. Another guy who won, which is pretty funny, this guy Pfeiffer. I think it's Pfeiffer or Pfeiffer. So the, the guy wins. Yeah, the Pfeiffer, fight. yeah. The guy wins the fight via knockout. Uh, and then at the end goes, Thank you, Dana White. Uh, I, I was broke. I had no money. Dana uh, supported me and uh, gave me some money to live. And uh, thanks. And the whole point, like, what? <laughs> like, you know, Dana was like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, uh, now every other fighter is going to be hitting him up. Like, I need money to live. Um, that that was pretty damn funny. Uh, I felt bad for Touchy Feely. He won his fight. Clearly won. The game has put decision at the yeah. end. But at the end, he was like, hey, man, uh, it's been a rough week. My my my, my girl had a, a, a miscarriage and we lost a baby. It was just like he started basically almost crying. It was just ah, oh, oh, that was that was hard to watch. Um, so uh, that <laughs> that's was, a tough one to unload because you know it's not like you'd be like, oh, we didn't know that. You know what? Let's reverse it. <laughs> like, no, no, he won, won his fight. Um, he like won. He did win. That's right. Actually, he did win. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So that that was rough. Um, and then but before that, this guy, uh, the leech, the leech uh, Jackson, who came to my show, who was like. I'm going to fuck this dude up. He won against this guy, Sabatini. He was a big underdog, Damon Jackson, and his brother died last week. So they kept talking about it up into the lead. And then he just murders the fucking guy afterwards uh, and then dedicated to his brother. So that was, you, you felt really good. I feel like, I feel like we're unlocking the worst possible fight prep technique ever. <laughs> <laughs> like you just need someone really close to you to die. And then you're unstoppable. I, uh, I don't know. I, I think we're, we may be tapping into something. We don't want so, people. As far as the girl fight, there was a girl fight, Don. I still think a lot of these girl fights are like basically UFC one, where it's like jujitsu versus striking. Or it because this girl Jillian Robertson, who clearly was better on the ground against uh, 
Hadessa Akababa or Agababa. I'm butchering the name, but she, um, the girl out Agababa outlanded. Oh, Akapova. Akapova outlanded her 70 to three. I mean, she was just, and the girl kept going for submissions, you know, rolling stuff, pulling guard, and was just getting murdered, right? Like she was just getting killed. At the end, she, the girl finally had an arm triangle, but it was, it was time was out. And then in the second round, she gets takedown, throws in an arm triangle, and wins. It was like jujitsu versus striking. But the girl's defense for the arm triangle was she didn't fight the hands. She spit out her mouthpiece and bit her own tongue. Uh, that was <laughs> that was the defense to this. And and then started having convulsions after she got choked out because her tongue was gone, probably. And uh <laughs> Sean, I mean, there's no way her, her coach has told her that. Maybe she just wanted to try something new. You know, she's a, caught in a bad spot. Like, maybe if I bite my tongue off, things will change. I don't know. That's a, uh, yeah, that's a weird, uh, weird technique. I'm always amazed, man, at some, uh, jujitsu was easy for me to pick up. I don't know, like, and I'm not by any means, like, you know, like world-class grappler or anything, but I see some of these guys and girls in there, and I'm like, do they know any jujitsu at all? Like, when I see them on the ground, I'm like, do do they have any clue what they're doing? You know what I mean? Because they, they won't, they will, a guy will have side control. They won't go for an underhook. You know, they won't try to dig for an underhook. They won't shrimp to try to regain half guard. That's like, they have no even basic training at all on jujitsu, which is probably how people felt when they saw my striking, but um, wow. I actually tried on striking. <laughs> I just never, I, I just never got any better at it, but I worked really hard on my striking. I just never got any better at it. But uh, yeah, the jujitsu level, sometimes UFC is, and it's easier to say, I mean, I guess if you've been elbowed in the face or had a couple of times, maybe you don't think as quick either, but um, it, uh, some of the times, man, it's just like, I'll be sitting there watching it and thinking either I'm like a genius at jujitsu or this person knows nothing because it's so obvious what they should be doing and they're not doing it. You know, what's up people football is back and bet online is your number one source for all football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football odds, news, and game matchups, including this year's opening week games. Bet online is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Well, she is from Kazakhstan, and it sounds like some of the old Kazakh army training. Uh, <laughs> if you get captured, swallow on tongue. Do not talk. And I think that shit just kicked in. That's what I thought. A lot of good training methods here today. Um, Anthony Hernandez had a great fight. I love that guy, Fluffy. He spiked the guy on his, on his, on his own head. Uh, that was that was pretty awesome. Uh, and then there was a guy named Moda fought this guy, Van Camp. And the whole time, the other guy had his chin in the air, right? And the whole time, the commentator's like, this guy's head's too high. His chin's too high. His chin's too high. And the guy's talking shit with his chin in the air. And within 20 seconds, he gets caught with a, like a fucking wide left and it is out. That <laughs> I understand. Don, why are guys still having their chin in the air in the UFC? They're stupid. They're fucking stupid. You know, they're it's ridiculous. UFC's been around for what twenty five years. You know, I mean, everybody's still making the same mistakes. You know that were made in the first first ten of them. You know, it's just there's been no improvement, and it's ridiculous. I mean, but like you're but you're a coach, right? You you must tell the guy. I mean, put put a weight on the, the guy. First thing, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> that's the first thing you tell them, you know, feet, feet wide apart, you know, shoulder, shoulder width, you know, uh, don't cross them while you're moving, you know, keep your eyes on your opponent. Never, you know, never take your eyes off, never turn your back to your opponent. Uh, you know, she's there's simple, simple things that are just basics. You know, you always go back to the basics. Do you think it's almost like a mental uh, strength thing? Like what? Cause it comes back to the old, you know, everyone has to plan it until they get punched in the face. Do you feel like they know that's what they're supposed to do? It's just that they get in that ring and everything flies out of their fucking head. Yeah. I think they, they forget they get too nervous and they're, they're too stupid. You know, they think, Oh, it won't happen to me. It won't happen to me. And then, boom. 
Nice. Yeah. So that, I, think, I think a lot of guys aren't sparring hard anymore either, which is probably a good thing for long-term health. But if you don't spar, that's an unfortunate part of the sport, man. You really do have to spar hard leading up to a fight because if not the first time you get zapped with one, you know what I mean? Or whatever it does, it throws you completely off. If you're not used to getting hit, you know, you have to get used to getting hit. It's an unfortunate part, but it's a, uh, I mean, that's what they sign up for. You know, who was the hardest guy showing you ever sparred against? Oh God, man. Um, Tim Sylvia hit pretty hard, but he'd like to take advantage of you when you were tired. He would come in like after you had sparred three rounds and come in fresh. Uh, Matt Mitrione, <laughs> Matt Mitrione would head kick you when you were just boxing. You weren't even kicking, so you had to be, you had to watch oh, him. Man. Like it was, it was uh, stuff like that. Matt's the only one that ever like actually not knocked me out, but close knocked me out in sparring because it's typical for me anyway. When there's three seconds left in a round and you've gone two or three rounds you don't try to kill each other with three to five seconds left. You know, like when the 10 second timer rang five or seven seconds ago and you know, you're about to be over and you're finishing your last round, like you typically let up. But Matt decided one time to hit me with a six piece combo with three seconds left when I thought we were done and like finished it with a head kick. Like after hitting me on the jaw twice, once straight in the face and a head kick after I was spinning for days, man. Like after that. And let me ask you something. How can you be cool with somebody after a moment like Uh, that? Like I I would be so not cool with that. I would have beat his ass if I was coherent enough to do it. And I probably would have shot him if I could have got down to my car to get a gun. I was so mad, but I was so dizzy. Like I sat down, like I was tired, but really I didn't even know where I was at for literally like three hours. I didn't know where I was at because all I know is I heard the 10 second timer. The round's almost over. We kind of clinch up. And as we go to break up, I'm like reaching out like a good you know, good round. Next thing I know, I catch six to the face with the finishing being a head kick, you know what I mean? Or whatever. And I was like, God uh, damn. Yeah. but uh, we didn't spar. We got every time after that we sparred, we got in a real fight. So it was only about three more times we'd get in a real fight. We'd stop doing it because it's a, uh, there's a lot of guys like that. They, uh, they want to test, they go light until they think they're better than you or they think you're tired. Then they want to start teeing off to knock you out in front of everybody. Like that's their goal. So I got to a point where I would only spar with very, very few people, man, because you got too many, too many gym superstars that they want to do that. They love to come in. Hey, just run one more round with me and i'll be like well dude i just did four rounds give me a second come on man work through it you're tired you know like they're brand new fresh you just went 12 minutes you know what i mean or whatever 15 yeah minutes. jesus and, uh, yeah, okay i'll work one with you and then before you know it a minute of the round they're, they're swinging for the fences you know like when you're gassed you know so there's a lot of that that goes on but i just started threatening to kill people literally to go out and get my gun and shoot them if they did it and it uh it's kind of snuck that off so. <laughs> god who's the best guy you ever spar with uh sam satello um, one of my sparring partners, you know, had those four Mexican guys, you know, and Sam hit like a fucking freight train, you know, he really did just uh, amazing, amazing puncher and wrestler. What, whatever happened to him? Uh, he, he just had a, you know, typical Mexican head, head, had to get that good job, you know, shit. <laughs> So I want to show you guys something that I, I, I ran into. Uh, I saw this video, which I thought was the craziest uh, uh, start to a fight that I've ever seen. Um, I'm, and I, I couldn't wait to show you guys. All right. So can you guys see this? Yes. All right. So I got a somehow. Oh, yeah. So this is might, might be the funniest thing I've ever seen. Well, not funniest, but crazy. All right. So ready and watch this. So this they're, they're starting the fight right here. <laughs> the ref's a double it. leg jump and then he, lets yeah, he throws again. the ref out yeah that was that was the most fucked up part was the ref clearly stopped it immediately and the guy throws the ref keeps going and then the ref's just like yeah let's keep going but how do you even like prepare for a guy to do a, a running <laughs> drop kick start i mean Sean, he obviously has not been watching WWE because he would have been ready for that right off the bat if he had watched anything uh, with WWE in it. I like how the ref let it continue, kind of like in Rocky Four when uh, Drago starts. They did the ref tries to stop the fight when he's killing Apollo Creed, and Drago pushes him off. Then the ref lets it go, and they just start fighting again. Like, okay, well, I guess he's still going. You know, like, pretty uh, much, pretty much. This even, is some Van Dam shit right there. Like people were saying that, like, oh man, I would, I would quit if I was the other guy. I almost think that you almost, if I'm coaching the guy, I'm like, listen, man, you're never going to see that again. <laughs> like, I really wouldn't worry about it. Uh, here's another guy uh, at McDonald's. Now watch this guy. Uh, Don, can, can, can you see this or not? Yeah, yeah. Look, look at this guy. Okay, knocks that guy out. Knocks that guy out. Squares up, knocks that guy out. <laughs> 
Superstars, superstars beating up everybody. Well, you can tell he's a trained fighter. He's killing all these dudes. And now he takes his shirt off. I love it. Is this Russia? <laughs> Boom! There goes, what is that, the fourth guy? He pushed the girl. She's like, come on, stop. He's like, get the fuck off me. I'm killing all these motherfuckers. This guy wants a second round. It might be round three, actually. Oh, got him with a knee. Drops him. He's out. I love it. He even acts like he's out. Like, I'm out. I like how after he's been knocked down three times, he still thinks it's a good idea to come back and go for more. <laughs> he doesn't um, even get to throw a punch. He stands up and walks forward again. Oh, no. Sorry. All right. Hold on. Hold on. How do well, I, I think you're pressing all the wrong buttons. Here, uh, uh, hold on. Right sorry. now, it sounds really horrible on our Okay. Account. There all right, we right go. Now. All, right, all right. Now we're good. Yeah. I mean, so uh, somebody have to so needs to sign that guy, though. I mean, that, huh. that dude is like the... Yeah, to some to that one where they fight in the uh, phone booth. <laughs> huh. um, but first, as far as the flying drop kick, Sean, your thoughts? I don't. You know, so Fabrice Overdoom did it. Travis Brown. It was only a one-footed kick, but it's. Uh, I mean, you can surprise some guys with something like that. I think it would have been hilarious if the dude would have just stepped to the side and watched what happened. Because, like, when you're out vertical like that in the air and the guy moves, you're just going to land. Flying on through the yeah, you're going to fly into the fence at that point. Yeah, but it's uh, I don't know. I, I like it when someone pulls something unexpected right off the bat, like when, like uh, when Verdum did that, or like when Brendan Schaub opens with a funny joke, like something you never see coming. Oh my god! Like, there uh, it is. Uh, How long do we get? We got a good ways in. We got forty-one say, minutes in. I've never watched a Brendan Schaub. I never watched one minute of his, of his comedy. Not one. Me minute. neither. I don't. I, I don't just, know any of it. But somebody said. What he has. But somebody said. <laughs> somebody sent me one of uh, him with Dana White, and I actually did watch that, and. uh I applaud him for trying new stuff because it just happened. Like it just happened. Him and Dana went at it. And, but, but at the same time, like maybe the time to post this stuff, is it the first day you try it? You know, like it's one of those things yeah. where you have to, you have to hone <laughs> shit. Like you well, try it once. At least I do. You know, I try a joke once, twice, three times, especially a, a five minute bit. And then you go, okay, what works? What didn't work? You know, how do I, how do I craft this? It's, it's start off as it's ice sculpture and it's just got a big chunk of ice and you go, and then a week, two weeks later where he posted it right away. And of course, every comment is like, where are the jokes? This is unfunny. I want my money back. And I saw it on TikTok or, you know, this isn't, just, but it's like, bro, it just happened, which is cool that you, you're doing it, but maybe before you post it for the whole world to see, you actually like, craft it you know uh, well, you know all dana white said they dana white was saying that it was crazy that pat militich said it was a setup to, to switch the fights around and it was a conspiracy and they said someone said i thought brendan schaub said that not pat militich and dana white just said oh it makes sense that's all he said and yeah. then brendan tries to turn it into a whole feud between them because he's irrelevant and um he's trying to make it in but his uh dude his cadence and delivery is getting so like so cringeworthy it's like, like everything he says now is like come on dane i thought we were friends like he like everything he says ends with you want some of papa like it's <laughs> like every line ends like that he's trying to be chris D'Elia. like he's he's just texting a few underage girls short of being chris D'Elia. you know what i mean like that's all he's got to do he's trying to steal his whole act it's ridiculous but that's his new delivery you know how, like mitch hedberg had his cadence and then yeah, other yeah. people like uh, shop's new one is just to extend a word out so he's like what the fuck like that's every, well, i think there was everyone. kind of funny stuff in that three minutes that he posted but it just like you just have to put the best stuff you got to really fucking find it you know uh i mean that's my if i was going to give him any advice but who, he doesn't need my advice but he's, he's doing fine the way he is but i mean greg don't you think that people should before you post something really like fine-tune it as a comedy coach no no uh do whatever you want who am i to tell you to stop especially <laughs> when it comes to brendan do your thing man you want to you know you don't you know Apparently you're bulletproof, so go ahead, do it. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah, right. Listen, right, right. if there's somebody that I could really wanted to see become a great comedian, I might not tell them to do that. But you know, everyone can do whatever they want on TikTok. People are posting shit. Way people are paying to promote clips that aren't funny. Yeah, I'll see sponsored clips, and I'll be like, "Who's this?" And because uh, I first I think it's someone I know, and I'm like, "Who is this?" 
And then I realized it's a sponsored clip. And I'm watching it. I'm like, well, they should have been funny by now. Jesus Christ. They'll be like, oh, I don't even know this person. Fuck off. You know? But I'm like, why would you pay to promote something not funny? Jesus. TikTok for me has become like, you get like the 90 seconds of life coach advice. Some of it's actually really good. Like the guy that Some got- of it is. Some of the inspirational stuff's actually pretty good. The guy that got kicked off, the guy that got banned, what's his name? There was a guy that like went viral and he, he was a kickboxer. Andrew Tate. Yeah. Andrew, yeah, that guy. But he actually has some, like I watched him and he's like, look, you know, forget feeling like you want to go work out. You have to go just work out. Your, your feelings have nothing to do with whether or not you're ready or not. Just right. Out, I love shit like that. Exactly. Get out, and I'm like, man, I don't feel like working out. What? That's like, fuck what I feel. And then I go to the gym. Like, that's actually like. I, I don't I don't I don't know what the guy said that was so controversial where he got banned from every single platform. <laughs> like literally, what, what, he what, started what he started questioning the COVID uh, vaccines, and then he um, they they said it was because he's saying misogynistic stuff as if that never happens anywhere online. But um, they uh, he started questioning the COVID stuff, and he started questioning the um, you know the I don't know the billionaires whoever whoever it is that runs everything is what he was talking about. You know what I mean? Like whoever really is in charge. And then uh, yeah, and what's amazing is. They all banned him at once. It's almost like it was planned. Like they all like he said he can't eat his Uber account got shut down. His bank accounts got shut down. He lost his Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, everything all at once, just like they did Alex Jones, you know, but it's all just coincidental. Like it's, it's not like those people are working together to do it. It all just just so happens the same night they shut off your entire existence. Like that's a it's amazing how it all works out that way. But I feel like they made him bigger. I mean, but that's what ends up happening, man. A lot of times with you, my son told me about him. But what's sad is my son's like, there's this guy that got real famous. He reminds me of you. And the first thing I see Andrew Tate saying is that women are stupid and they need to be in the kitchen and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I told my son, wait, that guy reminds me of, remind you of me like that. He goes, well, you guys just say a lot of the same stuff. And so like the first 10 things I saw him say were the most offensive things ever. And then uh, I was like, wow, man. Like it kind of made me like question. Uh, like I didn't know my son was watching my podcast. So um, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, when you know, uh, you know, McCorkle, you're a real one step forward, two steps back kind of a guy. Right. <laughs> and, uh, when my son said that, I was like, wait, he reminds you of me? Because I was like, everything I saw today was super offensive. And I was like, all right. So tomorrow night, or actually uh, today's Tuesday. But it's definitely because of the vaccine stuff. So tonight, <laughs> so, well, I mean, he did, I was watching with my wife. I'm like, this, this guy has some good points. And then it, his thing is, uh, he goes, listen, if you cheat on your wife that, and like, you don't care about the girl, that's not cheating. That's exercise. <laughs> and she's like, like, I'm like, yeah. maybe not everything this guy's saying is like what you should be promoting. Well, he knows, I, what, he, he knows is, what he's doing. He's he's putting out clickbait to get people, you know what I mean, interested. Is, we're, we're talking about him. And look, yeah. that's such an Adam moment in your life where you're watching it's all inspirational. Like, you just got to get up, fuck your feelings, go work out. Yeah, I love this guy. Hey, check it out, Bree. And look, if you cheat on your wife with some oh, that's just exercise. You're like, he said some other workout. That is exactly what happened. My wife's like, this is the most insecure man I've ever. (laughs) Yeah, like, he had some great workout tips. Uh, I I thought it was more of those. Right. Um, Now, so tonight in the Contender Series, the UFC signed a 17-year-old kid. Uh, who's competing. Uh, he's 17, but he's fought on Indian reservations before. Um, so he's he's undefeated, 16-0. and 0. Did he win the the Native American Reservation State Wrestling Championship four years in a row? Because if now, not, I don't buy it. Now, do you think that's... <laughs> I'm so lost on the wrestling championship four okay, years in a row. Okay, in high school. I that joke. Greg, okay, in high school... I loved wrestling, right? I, I, okay. I, in high school, I won. And in the eighth grade, he won the state title. Now, I he won. has parlayed that into winning the high school championship four years in a row. But it was, was the eighth a, grade championship. Obviously, I went to prep school, prep school, which is not the same as winning public school. But that's where I was at. And I, I won the all the Class A New England championships four years in a row. And I won the all New Englands twice in a row. The Northern New Englands three times. Now, I didn't winning nationals. I, I was undefeated going to nationals my senior year. I got impetigo and yada yada. the whole fucking other thing. But so and me, he's Jew. So me winning that Greg has has reduced that <laughs> to me winning uh, a race in the eighth grade. So whenever I mentioned that I've like oh I wrestled too <laughs> I, I, like Tom Ryan who's the coach at Ohio State 
I, I went to wrestling camp in Hofstra and he offered me a scholarship to Hofstra. Right? So I was obviously pretty fucking good because I beat a couple of college kids in, 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 in high school. But that has now come to like me. I, I won a game of tic-tac-toe in fucking in right. seventh grade. Yeah. Field day in eighth grade, you're in the three-legged race. Yeah. And the thing about it is, the thing about it is, we all know the truth. We all give him credit, but we also know how much it bothers him. So when and I bring this up, and then the then our audience chimes in on it too. Like, oh, there he goes. He won that eight. And then he starts posting stuff, pictures of him winning his championships and shit. Anytime we have a fighter on with a wrestling background, I'm like, oh, I wrestle too. Fucking speedy McFucking asshole over here. Has to come in and be like, hey, he, you know, he, he fucking won a, a game of Parcheesi in the fourth grade. And fucking... Uh, it comes. That's what it comes into, and, and the person's confused. Now, so is seventeen years old too young for the for a UFC contract, Don? Yeah, because just legally, you know, you're opening yourself up to you know a big case. It's just it's stupid. I mean, why can't they wait one year for the seventeen year old to be you know uh, considered an adult to sign him, or else they could sign him and put him on the shelf. You know, I mean, put him out there at 17, you're just opening yourself up. But then again, you know, UFC uh, can fight you in court until your great, 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 great grandchildren die of old age. So, right. you know. Yeah, but from the kids, from the kids' perspective, though, I mean, wouldn't if would you jump at the chance to? I mean, UFC gives you a contract. I mean, uh, I couldn't imagine the kid sure, wanting anything but legally, more. But legally, you know, you can't sign the, the contract. You know? Well, he has to win tonight. He has to win tonight and win an impressive fashion for Dana to offer him a contract. So it's really just basically just a, a tryout on the Contender Series tonight. So the parents, the parents though, did have to sign off on that, though. Don, I mean, Sean, you think this is a good idea? Uh, I mean, considering the UFC contract is a slave contract anyway, like he can sign when he's seventeen. He's not going to be out of it till he's seventy-eight. So um, if he doesn't, you know, if he wants out, so um, no, it's uh, it's so funny. I had a lawyer look at my contract just to verify when the UFC sent it to me that it was the most unfair contract in the history of sports. Like I literally had a lawyer look at this, like just, I, just to verify, this is the most unfair thing you could possibly sign. Right. And he wow. read it and he goes, yeah, I can, uh, dude, they own your image, your likeness forever. They own your, they, if you become famous for something else, they still own your rights, like your image and likeness. Wow. Uh, they, they can extend you as long as they want under certain circumstances. If they offer you a fight and you turn it down, they can extend it another year. They always say we have to offer fighters three fights a year. No, they don't. They don't have to do they their their contract is 54 pages. Their contract is so ridiculous. There's a page in it that you have to sign saying you understand it's a really unusual contract. Like this is not the norm in the sports contracts. Like you have to actually basically sign saying you're a dumbass for signing this contract that you understand how unfair this is. Like uh, and so when they offered it to me, because I, I mean I used to be, believe it or not. Uh, I'm actually pretty bright. I used to have, I had my own multi-million dollar business when I was 25 years old. So I read my own contract and I told my agent, it was Monty Cox at the time. I said, Hey, can I get rid or change this, this, or this? I don't like these certain things in this. And he said, no, everybody signs the same contract. There is no negotiation. And I said, well, I just, I don't understand how they can have my rights to my image and likeness forever, like forever. They own my name. They own, you know, everything. I, I don't understand. Even after I die, they own my image and my likeness. And uh, that means they don't have to, and you, you give it to them for free. You don't, they don't have to pay you for your, I got $7.67 for my tops trading cards and they made me sign 500 of them. So they make you sign 500 of them. You get, I got $7. I got $2,000 for being on the video game. I thought it was a joke. When I opened the check, I thought it was supposed to be funny that I was getting $2,000 for being on the video game. I was thinking it was going to be like $50,000 because everybody I know in the, in the uh, WWE gets 50 to hundred grand to be on a game. Um, like it's a, it is an absolute like slave contract, 50, something like 56 pages long. And it's all you think, basically, you think it's like changed since then. Uh, not that I know everybody I've talked to says like, that's why Nate Diaz can't get out of his contract. He's been there forever and he can't, the only way you can possibly get out is to become a real big star like Nate did and then just refuse to fight unless they give you better terms. But even then, you know, Nate was something like 20 fights in and he was still making 20 to show and 20 to win like 20 some fights into, the, into the, his contract. And uh, Monty told me what he, when I went, I beat Mark Hunt and then I lost to Struve. And then he told me what my next three contracts would be, regardless if I won or lost. Like, and I was like, he said, if you win your next three fights, you're still only 
16 and 15 or 17 and 17. If you win one, lose one, you're going to be, he told me what it was going to be. He said, unless you win the title, you will never make more than like 25 and 25 fighting in UFC. Um, he said, because it's not like you have to, it only, it goes up two to $3,000 a fight for every win. It stays the same with every loss. So if you go, let's say 10 and five, you're only going to go up to about, you start at eight and eight to win 10 fights. You're going to be at 28 or so, but uh, you won't go up when you lose your five. So yeah, you could be literally, you could be making $50,000 after 30 fights in UFC. You know what I mean? Like, unless they decide to give you, which why would they, you know what I mean? Decide to give you a big uh, thing. And then what they'll do is not to go on forever, but what they'll do is they want to renegotiate your contract um, a year and a half before it's up when you have one fight left. And if you don't agree to their terms, they'll just sit you for a year and a half. Like they know most of those guys are living fight to fight. So you got 18 months left on it. You got one fight left. Like, okay, you don't want to agree. You can sit out for 18 months. Then we'll put you in with the worst possible matchup the last week of your contract, not put you on TV. That's what they tried to do to Andre Orlowski. He wouldn't agree to their contract. They sat him for like a year or 14 months and then put him on the preliminary, didn't average, didn't televise his fight, and then didn't interview him after it, even though he had had 12 or 15 fights in the UFC at that point. You know what I mean? Like, Tom, was that is. your experience too? Was, did you have the same experience with the contracts UFC? You know, my contracts were different back then, you know, because they were uh, nobody. But it's still, still, yeah, pretty much signed your life away because, um, and I, I blame my my agent for that because my agent should have been smart enough to fucking, you know, read it and negotiate it. I mean, that's what you hire the dumb bastards for, you know. Is yeah, that's true. Try and get it in your favor a little bit, you know, and and uh, it's basically just they're just sign this, you know, because this thing may not be going on next year, you know. Just get get the money while it's here, you know. But that's that's no way to for an agent to fucking operate. Now, Don, I, I heard like an, I heard it in like Pride. They would drug test you, but not give you the results until you wanted to leave the company. And they go, "Oh, you want to leave? By the way, you failed three. <laughs> We're going to release this information saying that you testified. Is that is that true?" I don't know. I've never heard about that one. I don't know. Got it. Got it. Got it. I, know, uh, what, I have a question. Don, what did those guys make? What was like Mark Kerr or Coleman getting paid back in those days just for a regular fight? Do you know what about what they were being paid? Like in the, like say the early 2000s? Like I always was curious what they were getting paid. I know the UFC wasn't paying shit. I just didn't know what pride, uh, what, like what would Mark, what would Mark Kerr make on one of his, like against Volchanchin or somebody like that? What, like about what was he being paid? Do you have any idea? I would, I would think 100, 150. I don't know. Golly. Wow. That was worth it. I know Chris Lytle on his 20th fight in the UFC, I think, got three and three. I oh think that was God. something like that. He was on his 18th or 20th fight. He was at three and three still. So, um, uh, on, a, on a different note, I remember uh, Greg, when I was on Last Comic Standing, uh, I had to like anything, you, anybody that you, you like made fun of, they had to clear it. Like you could obviously, so I, I remember going, my mom did a cocaine and she was pregnant with me. I was born in two months. I go, she was crazy, right? So they're like, hey, they sent me an email saying, hey, could you have your mom, who I haven't seen since I was three, uh, sign a contract saying it's okay that Adam said that you're that, that like she's crazy? I'm like, first of all, who's gonna fucking find? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go. Who's gonna sign a contract admitting that, that like they're crazy? Like anybody that like signs this contract is gonna have to be crazy. Like, and then I was looking at these are the notes that I used to get because you know you have to put all your jokes in. And they would just like whitewash your jokes, send them back to you. I remember I used to like save the notes I would get back. These are the notes from the network, NBC, when I was in, in 2008. Adam, here are the notes on revised set. I'll check with Andrew about the quote orgasm mention. Paragraph 10, lose the shit mention. Paragraph 28, the camel toe ring is rejected. Uh, paragraph 32, the penis slash headband joke is still rejected, right? Uh, paragraph 33, lose the orgasm mentioned. He could say, then the fireworks went off and balloons started falling down from the ceiling. Some guy walks with a big oversized check, right? Uh, paragraph 39, lose the putting my testicles on my girlfriend's shoulder line. We need something less graphic. <laughs> How did you make the finals? <laughs> I uh I heard Shab tried out for it and they said lose the what the fuck and then he had no material left. He was like, well, there a punchline. <laughs> the fact that somebody had to put lose the put testicles on my girlfriend's shoulder line. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um so all right. Uh, also, as far as fight news, this week 
Bellator. Uh, oh, that's right. We do fighting. Another secret, secret uh, show. They have um, Ben Henderson is fighting Peter Queeley. Yoel Romero is fighting Melvin Manhope <laughs> in Bellator. <laughs> nice. I mean, you know, if this were 2014, but... like, like, Again, maybe you know 1914 i mean i mean those 2014 that would still be an older fight for those guys uh, <laughs> and, and then georgie Karakanyan is also fighting on the undercard uh that was the guy who remember you were gonna be his, his uh, manager greg oh yeah i love georgie yeah yeah where so, is he uh, which this is bellator bellator this week nice um Sorry, Bellator is hard to, you see what you want, and then it like switches up on you. It's like, what about these fights? Like, hey, I was looking at that. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, so that's going on. So, uh, uh, <laughs> Yo Romero and Melvin Manhoff are combined 91 years old. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, how, that's, that's just like how the, how the WWE used to do combined weights on uh, tag teams. They should do combined ages on on Bellator fights and see who has the highest combined age. Did I ever tell you guys about when uh, Melvin Manho's uh, striking coach tried to give me some advice? Yeah, you told, yeah, 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 you told and me. I, I, I thought he was just some stooge because he didn't look like a coach. You know, like he's about 400 pounds and he was trying to give me, I was like, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Kind of just blew him off. And then later on, I found out he's a world known striking coach that was being nice enough to try to help me out. So. Yeah, that, that sounds that, that sounds on par for McCork. Right. You know what you got to do, Sean? You got to change your name to Cork McShonnell, <laughs> and that way you get your image, name, and likeness back. Right. There you go. That's like what's the name of that? Uh, Ultimate Warrior did that. He legally changed his name to Warrior. Well, so that's that why the, Prince became that symbol for a little while because yeah. he was like, "Your contract's with Prince. I'm this. I'm the symbol." <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys then, ever watched Purple Rain? Oh no. yeah, I, you know what's so funny? I rewatched it not too long ago. Oh, I don't no. know why. It's hilarious. It's so bad, but the music's fantastic. Yeah, I was in tears laughing. Like I don't remember it being this bad. Like it's oh, like, it's uh, so bad. It's so stupid and cheesy. It's terrible. The acting's horrible. Everything about it. But goddamn, that music is fucking transcendent. So what are you gonna do? So there's a guy named Askar. Uh, Mazharov, his guy with a neck tattoo. He um he failed his his uh, his uh, drug test. He got cut from the UFC. He lost Alonzo Menafield. But the thing about this guy is he's 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 had four different names. So he's got four different records. So he got into the UFC using one of his aliases. But he was like zero and seven as like a, a, another guy. <laughs> so <then he> like, <laughs> he ruined that guy's career. <laughs> So, yeah. Listen, so. as someone who has gone through a brand change myself, I respect that. Jermaine uh, Duran is pregnant. Um, that's uh, that's news. Uh, she's had a weird <laughs> had a weird career, that girl. Remember, she was like killing it for a while. She was a champion. And then uh, and then she hasn't fought in a while. And she did OK against uh, Amanda Nunez. But yeah, so she's she's pregnant. Um I don't know if you watched uh, Ariel Hawani's show yesterday, but um, I, I saw clips because Paul Acosta came on with his shirt off and he really wants to fight Chimaev. He's saying he took Chimaev's sleep. He took his this. He took his that. He missed weight because of him. But he's like 205 pounds, Chimaev, uh, Paul Acosta. Chimaev fights at 170, or he should at least. And I still think Chimaev beats him. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I think... This is a, a strange, it's a strange to call it a guy three weight classes below you who is probably going to win. Uh, I don't know. Costa took more than his sleep. I'll tell you that. He's taken a lot of stuff. But uh, <laughs> I'm just curious on it. I, like, he's got phenomenal genetics, obviously, but I don't know how he's beaten the drug test. Like, I don't, it is so, dude, you cannot look that way naturally. It, I mean, maybe one in a million, you know what I mean? Somebody can, but just like, we're talking about Yoel Romero earlier. Unless he's from Mars or something, like how are you at 43 years old getting leaner, bigger, stronger without help? It, there's no, uh, there's no way. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. So yeah, he said he wants to fight Shemayev. He goes, I stole his, I, I stole his high, I stole his sleep, I stole his cap, I stole his main fight, I stole everything. Shemayev, you need to do something, motherfucker. I stole everything that you had: your hat, your sleep, your weigh-in. You are disturbed. So crazy. I cannot do this. I will die. So I think I need to fight that guy. 
I think he needs a better translator because none of that really made much sense. Like, no, what? Is it, what, <laughs> what? You took his hat, and so what now? I don't know. a man's hat. Going a little Did he long. know that you took his hat, or was he just like, "All right, get a new hat"? You know, like <laughs> this is so dumb. This this is one of those classic one-way rivals. <laughs> Where one guy thinks that you guys are rivals, the other guy's like, "What?" No, he don't. No, they were going to a fight at the UFC PI, and like, but Chamaya had like thirty guys with him. But I guess he was on an interview, and they said it was his hat. That's Chamaya's hat. I guess he rubbed his balls with the hat or something. Like he took the hat and put on his balls. So um, yeah, uh, Mike Perry wants to fight Nate Diaz in bare knuckle boxing. Of course um, he does. <laughs> I'd like to fight Conor McGregor too, or Floyd Mayweather. Everybody always wants to fight someone super famous. Yeah, high pay per view sales, but I don't know if Nate will do that. But that would—I heard they're paying Mike Perry from a reliable source five hundred thousand dollars a fight, so they're getting money from somewhere. Like I don't know whose money they're blowing, but if Mike Perry's getting half a million, I can only imagine what Nate could get for a bare knuckle fight with Mike Perry. So. Yeah, probably a million. If he get, but that's what, you know, it's funny. Cause you know, Nate's probably making two, three, 4 million, whatever fight in UFC, but people don't understand if you can only fight once every two years, that it really had that great. If he could fight once bare knuckle and make a million, a million and a half, and then go fight, you know, box Jake Paul or whatever for another two or 3 million, then to do whatever, another fight with somebody else. I mean, you can make most guys want to fight more often. You know, that's what one of the complaints with UFC is most of the guys want to fight more than once, except John Jones doesn't want to, but um, most guys want to fight more than once every 18 months, you know? So MMA fighting uh, did a good, good thing on uh, Cole Conrad. You guys remember Cole Conrad? Yeah. Nope. So this is a guy, Greg, that was undefeated. He was a two-time NAS champion heavyweight. He was basically Brock Lesnar's training partner at Minnesota. And he was running through, he was killing everyone back in like the strike force days. And he left to go into the, the, uh, the, the uh, milk business. I guess his father uh, was in like, it's a milk um, and he is basically one of the biggest what ifs, uh, whatever happened to him. I mean, Brock said this was the, that Cole Conrad was the toughest guy in the room. And, and that was in, in like, that actually Eric Paulson said, uh, I guess he did some kind of milk uh, di uh, distribution. They called him the, the uh, polar bear. And uh, he wanted to go into the whole milk business. So he didn't have the Feels time. like you should have called him the milkman. That's what I, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> would have made more sense i know yeah. when bellator offered me a spot in their tournament they were going to face me against they were talking to me and him in the first round of the tournament i'm like dude i'm not fighting that guy in the first round of a tournament like olympic wrestler like there's no like he'll just take me down and hold me down there's nothing i'll be able to do you know what i mean or whatever like that's and i think they were going to pay me three thousand dollars for it too like that was going to be a hell of a deal to fight uh that was like when the company, what about what about what about heavy cream <laughs> right <laughs> Don, yeah. do you remember that guy, Cole Conrad? No, sure don't. Uh, now, what happened? Now, what's, the, what's the real story with Brock Lesnar? Half and half. So, <laughs> Brock Lesnar came to Arizona. You came out to train him, and Mark Kerr told you to get away. Is that what happened? No, Mark Kerr came down with um, Brock and just kept getting in the way every time we tried to teach, teach him something or show him something. Kerr would get in the way and argue and all this. So, it was like, Get this fucker out of here, you know. Take take this moron home. And he was all doped up, you know. Shit. Um, now, what were some of the things that you were trying to teach, Brock? Fuck, I don't know. It's fifteen years ago, man. Jeez. <laughs> but but like, right away, had a wrestler. I mean, as far as <laughs> was he throwing? You know, punches? like for real. But was he throwing punches the wrong way, or was the stance off, or like, what was this? I don't know. I don't remember. It's been so long. Yeah, I, I know that uh, Pat Barry got got uh, paid three thousand dollars a week to spar with Brock Lesnar, but they told him he couldn't hit Brock. All that to say, they were hitting around. They were hitting around on how much would it take for me to lose to him, and I never thought I would do that. Like I thought I had more morals than that, but I was like, "Well, how much are we talking?" Like once they, you know yeah, I mean? exactly. Everyone's got a price. You know, yeah, it's like I really did. I was like, I mean, are you guys talking like you know, if we're talking in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, they're like, no, no, no. And I was like, okay, well, never mind then. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm not not throwing a fight for 10 grand, but if we're talking a quarter of a million dollars, let me think about it. You know what I mean? Like, we'll see what, uh, if it's life changing money. We'll see what I can do. So, uh, my, my computer just died. I'm, we noticed. I'm pretty sure it's, it's still recorded. Uh, 
<laughs> well, I was talking about fixed fights in KSW. So hopefully. well, Zoom records it and downloads it to your computer, so that's still. I, I know, but I don't. I don't know if it if it was like I know what. I'm pretty sure we have it. Uh, oh, well, I hope it didn't record while you were gone because we talked so bad about you. No, I don't care about that. I just. Every, <laughs> I just hope we. Are didn't. you recording? Are you recording now? Now I am, but it said it wasn't recorded up to that. So let me see. I hope it recorded up to where it was it was dropped because then I'll have three different recordings. Because yes, when I shared the screen the first time when I when I showed you those fights, yeah, I, I put stop recording by accident, but then I recorded again. No, so, I'm pretty sure you restarted. I remember seeing the thing. Yeah, the yeah. I restarted like, then. Yeah. But I hope I didn't fuck up the last half. Anyway, oh, it's yeah. fine. We're not coming back to redo it. Um, uh, what do you have coming up, Greg? <laughs> coming up this Friday night, eight o'clock, Hollywood Improv. Ten o'clock, ha ha, in North Hollywood. And uh, then next weekend, I will be doing in Vegas the eight thirty show at the. House of Blues Foundation Room in Mandalay Bay, and then the Dirty and 1230 at South Point Casino and Hotel. That's awesome. Uh, Sean? I think I am uh, in search of a new doctor or going back to Germany to have that procedure done on my back again, because it's either that or wrap my lips around a revolver. So um, that's... Mm, uh, I vote Germany. Germany. Yeah, I think uh, I may do that to just try to get some relief for a few months while I try to find a new doctor who will maybe... The last one, like I said, made me wait 10 months then get psychologically tested, then say he's not going to do anything. So that was a year of my life. So, uh, yeah, I got to do something. So. And then Don? I just had a couple more weeks of this uh, every eight-hour antibiotics, and then I'm a free man, you know. I, 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 can, I can start doing things. Good. We want to see it. That's awesome. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, this Friday, I'm at the Palm Springs Comedy Club in Palm Springs, California. So I nice. uh, hope you guys have a great time. Love you guys. See you guys next week. See you, See you buddy. Bye.